0: Thank you, Pastor Seth. Thank you for the instrumentalist. Uh, Let's go to our Bibles now this morning, to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter number 6. We'll start at 1 Corinthians chapter number 6. Again, continue to pray for our transition as we move forward here. It's hard to believe it's November. December is just around the corner. And by the time you know it, it's going to be the new year in April will be with us. So pray for Pastor Cole. Pray for me. As we, uh, as we, as we shift in our, in our responsibilities, and uh, thank you again for your uh, support. Uh, a lot of you has already signified support. We're overwhelmed. We wanna, we wanna publicly thank everyone. You know who you are, and for the sake of me forgetting anybody in person, thank you so much for the support you've given to us. A lot of people has physically labored, gave us funds and gifts for our new house. Just, just amazing. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Well, with all of our hearts, we should say, uh, my wife and I are very thankful. And uh, we don't deserve it. I wasn't expecting anything. But uh, we are blessed beyond measure, and thank you for that. Thank you for your kindness to us and uh, treating us very, very, very well. We're excited what the future holds. And again, I'm a human being, my wife is a human being, we fall, we fail, we make mistakes, we make wrong judgments. I know I have children, and so I already uh, already pronounced judgment on certain occasions that I was wrong. I didn't have all the facts, and I made a judgment call, the things that I knew, and I was wrong. And like I said, I have to apologize even to the little ones, and so be ready, I will apologize to you. Because uh, as a human being, I probably will hurt you. All right? It's not if, sometimes it's when. And if you're honest with yourself, if you're a human being at times, you have offended, you have hurt, and you will say things you don't mean out of anger, and you will be frustrated at times, you will have bad days, and you will react according to your flesh because we are people. And you know what? The fun thing about it is all, we're family. And God is our Father, and God will give us the grace. I appreciate that ministry he he talked about. We can do it better, performance-based again, rather than dependent-based on God. And we depend on God for the ability we don't have in ourselves. And then when we do that, we are then surprised at the result. And so I I challenge all of us today to have some patience, to have some grace, to have some mercy, but be stern. When When something is going on wrong... You don't have to shy away from telling the truth, but be sure that you're guided. Be sure that you are in the right spirit, and that make sure that your intention is not to destroy, but to reconcile and rectify a situation, because you love those people, all right? And so I want to talk about a topic that maybe not a Sunday morning topic, But I know I was not going to finish it Sunday night, and I don't know when I'm going to get to preach next time. But, so, I'm going to do a two-parter here. I want to talk about this word we use, judgmental or discerner. Judgmental or discerner. Uh, I preached a message a long time ago, and uh, it was desiring discernment. Desire and discernment, this is kind of like a second part to that, but I'm hearing a lot of opinions. And a lot of times, when we think of opinions, we go to a negative uh, connotation as Christians. It seems a lot of times, I don't need to hear your opinion. Or, uh, all of us have two armpits, so it it stinks. I don't know how that thing goes. See, I destroyed that. But anyways... And and opinions are not bad. Opinions tells us that people are thinking. That means you are an individual that thinks. If you have an opinion, it's not necessarily a bad thing. That means you're thinking. Okay? I come in a culture that a lot of times do not think for themselves. And I have to be careful I'm saying. uh, They follow a leader and they do whatever the leader says. And they have a tendency to do it that way. Because they group think. Okay now, as individuals in, in the United States, we have been given freedom, and that is a signif- uh, that is an evidence of a, of a people that think for themselves they will have an opinion they will have an opinion. Having an opinion is not bad in itself, and i 'm going to talk to you about it here is what you do with it is what you do with your opinions, and how you relate that to people that are your authority or to your peers, or to those that are subordinate to you, because it changes, all right? It changes. So we're going to talk about uh, a negative aspect of that is judgmental, and then we're going to talk about the positive side of that is being a discerner. The Bible tells us that the Word of God is a discerner. So as a Christian, we should learn the Word of God and use the Word of God to discern, because it will help us make right cho- choices. We'll have discretion, all right? We'll make right choices. We'll know what to say at the moment that uh, might be unique, and we will know how to say it. all right? And so I want to talk about that this morning and uh, look at First Corinthians, chapter number six and verse number 19. To verse number 20. If you're able to bodily, for the honor of the word of God, would you please stand and I'll read it to you. Follow along with your eyes as I read. First Corinthians chapter number six. We'll read verse 19 to verse number 20, and we'll pray, and we'll continue this morning. The Bible says, and it starts with a question in verse number 19 What? Cause for a pause there. What? Know ye not. That your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, the ownership, the source of it, of God, and you are not your own. And that should give us a clear truth about our opinions right away. It'll give us that our opinions, yes, they matter. But how much do they matter? All right. Look, look at it again. What? What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye're not your own? Verse 20 For ye are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Let's pray, Lord. Help us as we look at this thought, Lord. It's not an exhausted message. There's many more things that could be added to this message. Lord, I pray as the verses we read, as the passages we look at, I pray that you'll give us attention. As we look at a lot of passages, I pray you give us understanding. Help me as I preach your word. I pray that you would use me as a simple instrument, as a tool. And I pray that my speech uh, will be understood. Lord, it will be easy to understand. And Lord, I pray that today we would get an understanding, not just from me, but Lord, more than that, as you preach through me, Holy Ghost, we will understand your word, your Bible. And then then it will cause us to act according to wisdom. And so that we can be a benefit and a blessing to others, rather than a detriment and a curse. Lord, bless us, we ask in Jesus' name, Amen, and amen, you may be seated. If you are aware of your scripture, if you are aware of the Bible, the Bible talks about speech a lot. In fact, the book of James is a whole chapter on just the tongue. And it gives us different instructions and different principles on how to use the tongue, because the tongue can be used to edify benefit, to build edification. It's the idea of Building, edify, all right, an edifice, all right, it's a building, something to be built. Or it's also used to destroy, all right, to demo, to, to totally annihilate. And it's in the power of the tongue. And the Bible talks in the book of Proverbs that soft answer and gives us different approaches to a situation because all of us communicate with words. We're people. We don't bark meow, some of you might do it that way, but I don't, you know, I don't know if there's something you do, a husband and wife, you have a little code there, uh, a little sound you make, I don't, you know, we just talk, no, there is something I'm thinking, but anyways, I'm going to get out of there, I'm going to get out of there, another passage, 1 Corinthians chapter number 7, you're already in 1 Corinthians chapter number 6, the next chapter emphasizes the truth we just read, and it's verse 22 it says in chapter number 7 of 1st Corinthians verse 22 for he that is called in the Lord being a servant is the Lord's freeman oh that is different that is different because you are not free to yourself but you're the Lord's freeman you have freedom in Christ one of these days i want to talk about the liberty in Christ all of us have been given liberty in Christ and we have the liberty to do the things that others might not have the, in their mind, uh, we we have preferences, and we have standards difference, because God talks about the liberty in Christ. And we're going to talk about this some other time. But it says here, God gives us freedom. If you have Jesus Christ and the truth is in you, you are free indeed. We are no longer bound to our master sin. We no longer need to serve it. We don't need to yield our bodies as an instrument of unrighteousness. Now we have been given freedom to do right for the first time. Abraham Lincoln, I was asked, what is freedom? He says, it's the liberty to do right. A lot of times when we think of freedom, it's the liberty to do whatever I want. It's not true because we are sin-bound. We have a nature of sin. And that sin wants us under bondage. It wants us to do of its lust and of its will. And it would always say to you, you don't have to go to church. You don't have to give. You don't have to tell people about Jesus You can just do what pleases you. Your flesh is against you and it's an enemy. And so look at what it says again, verse number 22. Being free, all right, because you're a freeman. Likewise, also he that is called being free. To do whatever they want. No, is Christ's servant. The freedom when it talks in the scripture, the freedom that it talks about, is the bondman master that you had, which was sin. The freedom that the Bible talks about is not freedom to do whatever we want to do. It's the freedom to do what God wants us to do. That's what he gave us liberty from. He said, I bought you. I redeem you. You'll no longer have to serve that devil. I am now your master. You must do what I say. That's the freedom the scripture talks about. Okay. Are we understanding that this morning? Look at verse number 23. Why is Christ the master and we're the servant? Well, ye are bought with a price. Be not ye the servants of men. Now, it comes to the play here that men lead men. We have leaders. Ladies lead ladies. There are some ladies that are capable of leading other ladies and other people. Children. And so that is done by them exercising their decision making and their their idea of, of, of making choices. All right? As a leader in my home, I have the responsibility to make choices for my family. The TV is there. Number one do I want a TV or do I not want a TV? Do I need a cable, or do I need no cable, just a local channel? And then they don't work. So I have to get something else. Streaming now. All right, do I need to get Disney Plus? Do I need just Hulu or Hulu Plus Plus? What do I need? Do I need NFL Plus and NML Plus that can be on all devices or just on my phone? There's so many choices to be made. And as the leader of my home, I have the responsibility someday Standing before God to say, son, why did you use Spectrum? Because in Spectrum, you got these channels, and one time, I don't know what he's going to do. I'm glad that I'm forgiven. So maybe he's not going to bring all the bad things. That's what he says. But my action and my decision has a ramification. It has consequences. And it will affect my wife and my children. And so now I have to discern so that I can make the right choices. Young people, you're not married. Wow, you have an oodle of decision to make. You have some big, momentous choices ahead of you. If you're single today and you're looking at marriage someday, you have some very huge moments in your life that you have to. A lot of times we get tired of the responsibility And what we do is we coast. We feel like we're just coasting. Well, that is a decision. If you are in a river and you need to go upstream and the current is taking you downstream, you have two choices. You can either paddle to go upstream, probably the right choice. But if you choose to say, I'm tired Of the burden of the responsibility. I'm going to let go. Guess what? You are also now in motion. You don't not just neutral. It's not like a game that now this is a checkpoint. If you die at this moment, you go back to this place. That doesn't happen in life. Now you go backwards. You lose all the things you work to get to. You go back down. Then at one point, you're going to wake up and say, whoa, this is not working. Coasting is not working. I have to be a responsible adult. I have to be a parent to my children. I have to make choices that I don't want to, but I have to do. And so then you pick up the paddle again. I need to keep moving again. And that's probably the right choice. Keep moving again. And so in life, God is our master. And so as his master... Our opinions, may I say then, has to go through God. That's why I read those verses to you. Because a lot of times in our mind we feel like, I have the ability to make my own judgment on things. No, you do not if you're saved. If you're a born again child of God, you in your own gave God the co, or even more than that, he is now what you are going through to make choices and decisions. And he's given us the word. He says, submit yourself to this book. What I say on this book, apply, obey, and see what happens in your life. And so, as a Christian, I'm challenging us that our opinions and our judgment calls must go through the word of God. Don't just make it on your own. Don't make choices on your own. Find out what God says about it, and obey that, and use that principle, and then apply it to your life. Let's say, for example, I'm trying to find a wife, or I'm trying to find a husband. What does the Bible say on how to do that? First of all, you need to go to the Bible, and find out what the Bible says to do that. And then you have a choice to submit yourself to that truth. Now, God is amazing, because he gives us freedom and he gives us a free will. A lost man has a choice, even today. He doesn't force anybody to do it his way. He's a gentleman. He's, he's a man that honors the gift of free will. And so, we have a choice as a lost person today, not to even hear what God has to say. And as a saved Christian, that free will still remains. Like I said earlier, what we should be doing is asking God, what do you think what I should do? But a lot of times... We are not wanting to do that. We're just going to say, God, this is okay, right? Uh, Let me do this. I I know it's okay. You're you're gracious anyway, so you you forgive me. It's easier to ask forgiveness than permission. So I'm just going to, it's it's fine. You fix me down the road. if It happens to be bad. And that's what we do with God. All right? And and I, I gave you the ideal. The ideal is before I make a choice, I say, God, who's the right person for me? Okay, that's, oh he's, oh, he's ugly. And you deal with God with that, all right? I can't help you with that. But you can deal with God with that. Anyways, I think God is wise enough to get you to someone you're attracted to. He knows your desires, all right? He's going to give you the one that to you is the apple of your eye. He's capable of smiting your heart and be smote. And you just be like, wow, there's nothing better. All right? So trust him in that. But, so we need to learn God's opinion on things and people. We need to learn the principle of discernment. When we are instructed to have the mind of Christ and to be a follower of Christ, that includes our judgment. The way we make choices and decisions. That's the word Judgment. It's the way we make choices and the way we make decisions. What we allow into our life to influence us, what we do in our life, it's a choice we are making. Philippians chapter number 2, if you turn your Bible there, Philippians chapter number 2 and verse number 5. I want to finish uh, the first point. I got two points, but I got a bunch of subpoints. So let's finish the first point and we'll continue tonight. Uh, Philippians chapter number 2 and verse number 5. It says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And we know it's a mind of humility, all right, in here. And it talks about here things we do to each other, right? Look at verse 1, just for the sake of it. If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love... We talked about love, loving God this morning. If any fellowship of the Spirit, if any vows and mercies, fulfill ye my joy, that ye may be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and of one mind. It's talking about relationship. Verse number 3. Let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. This verse that I'm talking to you about, that let this mind be in you, in Christ Jesus, is dealing with what how we deal with each other. It, the context of the truth that it's teaching us is solely for how we deal with each other. You should have the mind of Christ in how you do your finances. You should have the mind of Christ in soul winning. You should have the mind of Christ in church attendance. You should have the mind of Christ in this, in this, in this. But the verse in context is referring to how we treat one another. That's the primary principle we find in that verse. Let this mind be in you. What is that? You need to know how to treat each other right. And you can do that by being judgmental. Or you can be a discerner. Because you have to make choices. Life is all about choice. You have to choose to react a certain way. You have to choose to act. It's all about choice. And if you let the Holy Ghost, because he's the teacher of the word of God, he will give you the ability and the know-how and the wisdom to apply at the moment you need it, how you should respond and how you should act. Not It's not going to be on your own accord. Lean not on your own understanding. Lean not on your own understanding. The Bible is so clear. Because man at his nature, natural state, we are selfish. We are selfish. We love selfishly. We love with strings attached. We struggle with that sometimes, even when we do something nice for somebody else. We have some thoughts that come flooding in our mind. They don't deserve that. They've got so many things already. They're making more money than I do. Why are they going to get all those gifts from those people? Well, la, 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 la. We already struggle with this. And so, my friends, I'm, I'm asking us, I'm asking us, uh, point number one, do not be, ju- we're talking about judgmental. All right? And I'm going to give you four things. It's a telltale sign of a person that's judgmental. This is some of the qualities you find in them. And you can kind of see in them. And if you find yourself in one of those, I'm asking, we need help. There's help at the cross. All right? There's help with Jesus Christ. You don't have to remain judgmental. We have to make judgment. You're not judgmental because you're making judgments. All right? Don't get into the world. Because you're making judgments and making choices and decisions, they're going to tell you you're judgmental. That's the wrong terminology. They're making judgments. They're judgmental. All right. Let's define those terms. All right. So let's let's look at this again. First uh, Peter two and verse twenty one. We looked at Philippians two five. Now let's look at First Peter, chapter number two and verse number twenty one. For even hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us leaving us an example that we should follow his steps. Men, if you want to do any kind of study, basic study, study the life of Christ, how he behaved himself on earth. Why was he found dumb at times when he was being accused wrongfully, and he didn't speak a word? Why did he do that? Because he's, he's exercising. What I'm trying to teach. I'm trying to explain the best I know how. I'm I'm asking God to help me. He knows when to open his mouth. And he knows when to shut his mouth. He knows what to say and what spirit to say it with. At the right person at the right time. Just because you know a truth. It doesn't mean just blurt it out. At any time possible. There's some things that need to be dealt with secretly. In private. And the Bible talks about these things. Do you know the view about ought with a brother? You that have an ought with that brother should go to that brother before Facebook, before everybody else, before everybody else. You should bring that to that brother. How many of us are doing that? Very, very little is being done that way. A lot of times we don't want conflict. We don't want confrontation. And so we skirt around and what we do as human being is we find justification. And to so do that, we need to find friends. Hey, man, I'm telling you, he did it again. He did it again. And that person that is doing this stupid thing, whatever he's doing, he doesn't even know it's hurting you. But you're going to go tell this friend, hey, don't tell anybody about this. But man, he said this about And then that person has no clue what's happening. Probably don't even know that person. Goes to the next person. Goes to the next person. And it just keeps, and it might not just be one person, it's just a whole boatload of people now know this matter that should have been dealt with by this person going to this person and say, brother, I have a problem. Well, it's quiet, but I'm going to, I'm going to keep reading here. Uh, for re are you called because Christ also suffered for us. And you know why they do that? Because we want a confidant. We want this person to say, brother, I know. They are just so mean. You know what they did to me that one time? And how in the world is that going to solve the problem? May I ask that question? How in the world are you talking to somebody that doesn't need to know, has no able capability to fix the problem, that should have that problem not exposed? Because it has to be dealt with delicately. Why then now is that a good idea? That's what the Bible tells us to do. If I have a problem with someone, I go to that someone with utmost discretion at the right time. Prayed over an utterance, a door of utterance, I prayed over, so that I can speak something that is very heavy to say. And I prayed over it, I've asked somebody to pray without telling them details. And then I'm going to deal with that person. And if that doesn't work, then you bring somebody. And if that doesn't work, you bring then the church. Have we forgotten that? Because I feel like there's a lot of problems being circulated and not being dealt with. It should be dealt with. Because when a brother goes to that brother and deals with the problem and is resolved, nobody else is damaged. Nobody else is hurt. Here's another problem sometimes. When you talk to this person, someday God will work on you to forgive that person. And now you're brothers again. But this person still looks at that person. Because if this person telling this person that that person is bad, they still have at odds. Because this person sometimes don't even, and if they even try to say, hey brother, that's all done and over but well, yeah, but. Now let us look at what the difference between someone that is judgmental and someone that is a discerner. So I want to talk about judgmental and that is someone that's critical a judgment is what what's the definition of that to pass a sentence to condemn decide call into question that's the word judgment all right so here's some characteristic of a person that's exhibiting the spirit of judgmental of being judgmental the letter a they examine others they're good at examining others Okay, and they fail to see their own problems because they're so busy looking at everybody else. This is a typical uh, attribute of a person that is judgmental. Look at Romans chapter number twelve and verse number one. There's no way I'm going to finish, but I'm going to try. I need to finish first point number one. But if not, uh, you can come back. Right? Sunday night it's at six. Come back, and there's no way I can finish. Uh, and for the sake of time, I don't want to be, uh, belabor the, the time. Romans 12 and verse number 1, it says, uh, Romans 2 and verse number 1. Did I say Romans 12? I mean Romans 2. I'm in the wrong place. Romans 2 and verse number 1. This will help us in how we treat other people. Romans 2 and verse number 1. Therefore thou art excusable, O men whosoever thou art that judgest. Okay, I need to pay attention. What is going on here? Let me read it again to you. Therefore, thou art inexcusable, O man, whosoever thou art that judgest. For wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself, for thou that judgest doest the same things. Now the word, the, the scripture uses old English words, and the word is used here, judgest. But the Bible talks about that word as almost neutral because someday it will talk about we should make righteous judgment. Okay, so don't, don't get lost in the words in the scripture. Look at the context, all right? It says right here, whosoever thou art the judges, for when thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself. For thou that judgest doest the same thing. And so the attribute of a judgmental person is they examine others, but they fail to examine themselves. And that's what the verse is saying. Here's a good habit to do. Before you pass a judgment on someone else's action, may you take a moment in time to reflect on your own self to see if you are worthy to pass judgment. See for yourself if you yourself are struggling with maybe the very same thing that you're about to make a judgment on other people. There should be a lot of self-reflection. There should be a lot of self-examination that's happening in a Christian's life. A lot of times that doesn't happen because we get so busy and it's so easy to look at somebody else. Because here's the truth. Here's the truth. It's easier to see the fault of other people than your own. And so we tend to just leave it like that, and we don't take the effort to sit down and say to ourselves, let me look at Chris Barron and see if he's got any problems. Oh, there's a bunch of other people. I don't have time to look at myself. Come on. There's this person. That this person. Ah. And and again, it's not taking responsibility. And we end up doing the easy thing. And the easy thing is to look at somebody else. Because another thing about justification is this. If everybody's doing that wrong thing, then that makes you feel better. Oh, I don't have to do work so hard. Everybody's messing up. It's okay. I just mess up with them. What's the big deal? I don't need to be the hero. Who wants to be the hero? I don't need to be... I don't need to live right. Everybody else is not living right. And so justification again comes in. Look at Romans 14, verses 10 to 13. Romans 14, 10 to 13. This is good for any relationship, husband and wife. As a husband, before you pass judgment on your wife because of what she did or what, what you thought she did. Or what, as a wife, you're passing judgment on your husband, what you thought he did or what. Do some self-reflection. Do some self-reflection. Is she acting like that because I did this that one time? Maybe she's acting like that because I acted like this that one time. And it takes a lot of effort, but it's worth it. Because, like I said before, one of the most powerful words, except for saying I love you, is saying I'm sorry. It's a powerful, if you mean it. You're not saying it just to cover it up and get away from the responsibility. A lot of people say I'm sorry all the time, but they keep doing the same thing. Okay, okay you, you get me there. But it's a powerful thing when somebody says I'm sorry, and they actually knew why. And what hurt they cost you. And then actually make effort to change the action so it stops hurting you anymore. It's a powerful thing to say I'm sorry. When's the last time when you do something wrong and you noticed and you said, I'm sorry? When's the last time you did that to your children, to your mom and dad, to your brothers at church? Let me ask another simple question. Do you believe you have hurt people? I would answer that for me. Yes, I hurt people. Pastor Chris, you're a nice guy. Yes, but I'm also a sinner. I say the wrong things. I say it the wrong time. I make judgments, not knowing the whole thing. So, because I'm a human being. And if we're honest today, we're a bit judgmental on others. More than we realize. And sometimes, as a Christian, you've been in church long enough, your judgments are spiritual. You have Bible verses for them. You can preach them. You can preach them. You have the points. You have the subpoints. You have the supporting verses. But what spirit do you have? Look at Romans 14.10. Romans 14.10. Why are you preaching this, Pastor Chris? Because it's in the Bible. Why are you preaching it, Pastor Chris? Because I need it. Verse 10. By why dost thou judge thy brother? Question again. Or why dost thou set at naught thy brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Here's another reminder for us. We are not, listen to me. We are not the final judge on anything. Put that in your mind for a second before you make a judgment call. You are not going to have the last words. That brother is no good. Praise the Lord, you're not God. And it's not the final word. He said this. You're so worried about judging everybody else. Do you not understand that someday we're going to stand before God himself? He will be the judge. Guys, I don't have time to investigate. Look at every angle that you do your thing. I have no time. I have plenty to work at here. I have so much to work at in here. I don't have time to look at everybody else. I need you to be honest with yourself. I need you to be... Christ-centered, and I need you to have the Holy Ghost, you and him working in your own life, and get it done. Because I'm doing that for me. I'm, I'm, I'm asking Christ. I need so much help. I, I can't even, I can even make a passing judgment on somebody else. Now, don't get lost because the message is not over. We're talking about discerners. That means you don't ever make a judgment call. I have to because I'm in authority. I have to make judgment calls. And I'm going to give you another truth later if you come back tonight because I don't have time. But look at this. Verse number 11. For it is written, as I live, say the Lord. Does does God ever die? No. So when he said this, this this is an eternal word when he says this. For it is written, as I live, say the Lord. I put my life in what I'm going to say now. Every knee shall bow to me. And every tongue shall confess to God. So then every one of us shall give an account of himself to God. Let us not therefore judge one another anymore. Let me read that again. Let us not therefore judge one another anymore. Let us not be critical to anybody anymore. Let us not be judgmental to anybody. It's not that we don't make judgments because we have to be discerners. Discerners make judgments. They make choices. They make decisions. Don't get lost in the terminology. It says here, do not make, do not judge anybody anymore. But judge this rather. That no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. What is Christ emphasizing? Please don't look at anybody else. Look at your own self. That your life is an example so that it will not hurt anybody else by following you. That you will not make anybody stumble. What is the greatest focus of your judgment as a person and as a Christian? To whom should it be? To your sister next to you? To your brother? It's to yourself. The Bible says, examine yourself. It never says examine everybody else. Examine yourself. Guys, if you do do a lot of self-examination with the light of the word of God, with the guidance of the Holy Ghost, you'll find you have so much to work on, you don't have time. You don't have time to do it with anybody else. It will drop some of your petty, petty, petty problems with people. It will drop, they didn't say hi to me. They didn't greet me on my birthday. They didn't wave at me when I waved at them. It will drop all of those. You will give people benefit of doubt. You will have patience with people again. And you will have grace when they make a mistake. Because only if they knew what you struggle with. And you say, God, thank you for them not knowing what I really struggle with. You protect me. You help me. I don't have the time. Matthew 7, we'll, we'll, we'll pick it up tonight if you, if you come back. Uh, point number one, judgmental. And what do they do? They examine others, and by doing so, they fail to examine their own problems. May I suggest, point number one today, if you're going to get anything out of this. Can we take a little bit more time examining ourselves in the light of the Word of God? Not on your own opinion, not in your friend's opinion that you're so good. Because they'll be biased to you. But look at the word of God. And examine yourself with the light of the word of God. Put to light some things in your life. How's my Bible reading? According to the word of God. And it's like a light. It's like a light and you light it up on. I'm not doing such a good job. Put your light on soul winning witnessing. Put the word of God. Let the Holy Spirit guide you and put it on your life. How's my witnessing? How's my giving? How's my reaction when I am insulted? How is my reaction when I'm accused wrongfully? How is my action when I don't get the biggest piece of the cake that I wanted? How do I react when somebody does not greet me for my birthday? How dare they? It's my birthday. How could they forget? And you find yourself very humbled. And it will result in you being gracious with other people. And by them seeing you're gracious, they're going to look at you and say, wow, they're nice. They're nice. And may you build friendship because of it. Lord bless us this morning Uh, we're talking about some things, Lord, that we struggle with. I know personally, I don't know about everybody else, and some people are champion about this maybe. They know maybe what to do. But Lord, I struggle with discernment. I I, I struggle with discretion in my life. Lord, I place a judgment on people very quickly because I'm I'm, I'm too focused on what they're doing wrong rather than doing some self-examination and seeing if I'm doing anything wrong and then work on my problems. Lord, help us to love you, love your word, and love your dealing with us. Help us to be gracious to others. Help us to learn more truths tonight as we come. Bless in Jesus' name. Amen. As, as everybody, please stand with your eyes uh, closed and your heads bowed. I'm going to ask a question. I didn't deal with it today, but I don't want to miss about talking about the gospel. So before we, as the pianos play as some kind of, uh, song here. We're going to sing in a little while here. We're going to sing a song uh, to end the service. But before all of that, I want to ask a question with, 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 uh, with, with sensitivity now. That's why we bow our head and close our eyes in this moment because we're asking a, a simple question here. Uh, nobody else looking around. I'm going to ask a question. Pastor Chris, I don't know for sure I'm going to heaven. If I was asked right now and somebody said to me, if my life were to end, would you know that you're going to go to heaven? And Pastor Chris, if that was asked me right now, my answer would be, I don't know. I don't know. But I would like to know. I would love to know. I would like to know what God says about that. But I don't know, but I, I want to know. And I don't want to embarrass you. I, I, don't want to, I don't want to make a scene. Nobody's looking. Everybody is being very sensitive and they have their eyes closed and their heads are bowed. But if you're like that today and you don't know, but you would like to know, could you just raise your right hand quickly? Just raise your right hand quickly. All right. There there are several in the room that did that. Anybody else? All right. All right. Put your hands down. I'm going to pray for you. And then I'm going to ask you to do something that uh, uh, it's up to you. You don't have to do it, but I'm going to ask you to do something. Lord, I pray for those that lifted their hands. We didn't talk about salvation, but Lord, we can't deal with people properly without being saved. We don't even know how to love others without knowing You, who is love, the God that who is love. Lord, I pray that You'd help these uh, these uh, these individuals that raised their hand. I pray that You'd help them to make that decision today. Now, for those that raised their hand, this is a this is a, this is a this is for you. If you raise your hand, there's, there's a fellow in the back uh, waiting. If you raise your hand and you want to come and you want to know about the Lord, uh, I'm going to give you that, that opportunity. You can slip where you're sitting and go. There's a gentleman in the back that will meet you. And I'll be in the front here to meet you if you need any help. And I'll find somebody. If you're a man, we'll find a man. If you're a woman, we'll have a woman. Show you the word of God. How you can know for sure. You're going to heaven. Anybody like that, that would want to do that? There's somebody in the guy in the back. All right? You can go, the guy in the back, if you want, just slip out. Uh, nobody, Nobody's going to uh, make you feel bad about that. That's a decision you want to make. You can make that. I'm going to give you some time to think about that. If you don't want to do that, you want to come to me later, uh, we'll talk about it. Uh, Jesus is the Savior, nobody else. But if you want to talk to me about it, You don't want to do anything right now, but you want to talk to me about it later. Please don't leave without talking to me, and I would love to talk to you about it, okay? It's a great decision. Now, Christians, as you have your eyes closed and your heads are bowed, if you want to make a decision about what you heard, do you feel like you might not be judgmental, you might not be totally critical all the time, but there's sometimes you slip. There's sometimes you slip. Sometimes you make judgment calls that are wrong. And you might be harboring some things in your heart that you should forgive. Maybe you can make your way. The altar is open. The piano is playing. If you want to come and make a, make a motion to pray to the Lord, you can do it in your seat if you want, or you can come to the front. That's up to you. Uh, the altar is open. All right? So as we sing, uh, our, as we sing uh, page number uh, 613, you can make your way. If you want to pray, uh, you can come. Please let's be sensitive, those that are coming. Uh, let them come. And let us sing 613. Prayfully in your heart. Are you making wrong judgments? Are you being critical, overcritical? All right? Are you doing it the Bible way? Are you making proper judgment on people and things the Bible way? Or are you doing it from the heart of pride? We're going to sing the song Trusting Jesus. 613, if you want to make your way, you're, you're welcome to come.